Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by CEO of Tutaloo Superfoods, Philippe Chatrit. Tutaloo Superfoods creates tasty super snacks that heal both the body and the planet. They launched their first line of products a few months ago with five different flavors of superfood trail mixes. Prior to leading Tutaloo, Philippe led teams at Social Radar, Mobilist, Territory Foods, and Spark Post. Welcome to the show, Philippe. We're so excited to have you on. Hey, good to be here. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Tutaloo, can you tell us what Tutaloo is and who you are? Tutaloo is, I think, at its core, it's a healing mission. We believe we can, at the same time, heal the body and heal the planet and I think heal the spirit, you know, all all wrapped up into one company. I think we just happen to also sell snacks <laughs> and really, really tasty snacks too. But we came together around that concept of how can we heal? Like it just felt like in the pandemic, uh, in the news media cycles, in just everyday existence, it just feels like there's a lot that's broken and something that's really core to our hearts was the climate and how much that feels like we're being impacted by it now and how painful it is to really watch. So we wanted to build a company that we could prove that not only sells delicious snacks, but can make an impact in both doing some restorative work for our bodies by providing like really high quality ingredients, ingredients that people I think really need to heal, but then also doing it in a way that I think is impactful to the environment. So from packaging to sourcing to our, you know, give back partner, it's it's all about climate. Could you talk to us a little bit about the first like product? What is it? It's kind of like a trail mix. Could you just tell us like why trail mix? What you kind of saw from a category dynamic perspective? Yeah, I think once we like, I think that first question was about my like emotional bucket, and then once we put on our like you know business school bucket, business school hats on, you know, we just did a dive into the. The snack space, we knew we wanted to be in snacks. And we we're like, where's there an opportunity to not have to teach somebody about new foods? Like you see a lot of new products coming out right now. And it's like, this is a puffed, cryogenically created, protein powdered, fueled by like whatever, whatever. And you know, it just feels like there's a lot of education into like going into eating a snack. How can we take a traditional snack uh, and elevate it in all the ways that I think people want to eat now? Like Food shouldn't just be sustenance, but it should be super tasty. Like every calorie should count and it shouldn't be damaging to our bodies and to the planet. So I think we looked across the shelves, the aisles of the grocery store, and we're like, there's a category that I haven't seen a lot of innovation in in a while. Let's take trail mix. Let's see how we can turn that on its head and give it, you know, an updated, you know, like an updated appeal. So for our listeners who aren't totally familiar, Tutaloo is obviously this incredible trail mix that we are obviously obsessed with. I mean, it comes in five different flavors and you mentioned the healing aspect and in these different superfood trail mixes, they're loaded with adaptogens and other incredible things. Can you specifically talk about what's in these trail mixes that makes them healing? So each flavor, so right, we've got five trail mixes Each of them is a different flavor and a different function. Some of them are really kind of like typical trail mixes. Some of them are a little bit of a play on the form factor. Like we've got these amazing 
chocolate, coconut, hibiscus tea clusters that I think the the foundation of it is very much a trail mix. But when you're like popping it in your mouth, you're like, well, this is different. But just taking that one, for example, it's called Turning Heads. And that one has a lot of adaptogens which support skin health. So it's got hibiscus, sea buckthorn, white rose, and all that is just great for your skin and like revitalizing cell production. We've got one called Slow Your Roll, which is kind of like this cinnamony maple brittle, super popular. I think it's probably our most popular flavor. And that one's got reishi and ashwagandha and makuna. And that one's really just about, you know, balance and relaxation. So, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of like coming up with really unique and just great taste profiles, but then marrying them with a function so that it's more than just food. I think it's interesting to talk about like why you guys, I I know you mentioned like you, you found this white space in this area of the supermarket and the trail mix aisle and really reinventing something that is so familiar for so many of us. I mean, GORP is something that everyone knows that. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about like why you guys chose trail mix and why we haven't really seen this category being reinvigorated over the past however many decades, years. So back to why trail mix, I think trail mix has gone through like this incredible like brand evolution too, where it started off as like, this is really dense calories for when you're on the trail and need to just fuel up to keep powering your, your movement to like, now this is gas station food that's full of just M&Ms and sugar and like fried nuts. So I think there was an, like an opportunity to like kind of reinvent it. During pandemic, my my partner, Katie, was at home eating tons of trail mix and like just sat there and looked at the back of the packaging and was like, oh my God, my assumption was this is really good for me. This is terrible for me. This is like lots of oils. This is lots of weird ingredients. There's lots of things I don't know about in here when I can see the whole ingredient. Like I see a peanut, but however, that peanut is made of like 15 different things that are not great for me. So she went online and she bought a dehydrator and just started experimenting. And she came up with some great recipes. And that's kind of how we landed here. Why I think it's been a long time since somebody's kind of done this is that there's no filler in trail mix. Like every ingredient is identifiable to the eye, right? So it's all whole foods, no filler. There's like, it's expensive to make. And so I think if you're a giant CPG, you probably look at the margins and go, I don't know if this makes the top of our list. But to us, like, you know, a consumer who wants to eat good food, this to us, it was a no brainer. Like, let's take something that was intended, intended to be wonderful, that kind of degraded over the years and let's just make it wonderful again. So with that, you, you can make things wonderful in so many different ways. I mean, you can load them with whatever you want. And I think we're seeing these buzzwords of the mushroom movement of reishi, ashwagandha, Chaga, why did you guys choose to throw these mushrooms in the trail mix? And like, what's kind of your perception or how you see the adaptogen space evolving? So, I mean, when we started like identifying what our core pillars are in in building like new foods, you know, it was really important for us to have, you know, incredible sourcing that, you know, non-GMO, no gluten, no dairy, you know, keep it super clean, then make it in incredible craveable flavors and then add function. And there's a lot of ways you can add function to food, but if you're going to like if you're going to stay true to like it being all natural, you're kind of looking in the adaptogen space. 
And I think that word is still really unfamiliar for most people. Uh, I think people now are starting to recognize, like, you know, they'll see ashwagandha on a package and they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or I don't know. I remember that that's kind of good for me or something. We're trying to bring that bring that element to our food, the function, while, while also maintaining that all natural. And then I kind of feel like we are the marketing arm for, like, for both health and regenerative agriculture. Like, we know that function is going to be this big category. It's like every, you know, Wall Street Journal article is about function and food. How can we teach our customers about like ways to get to that, you know, ways to uh, create function within your food and what is good and what is kind of bad for you? Where does science talk about things? What do like ancient, you know, medicine say about certain foods? But also I think like our thesis in climate change is that regenerative agriculture is going to be a huge linchpin and how we can sequester more carbon and you know save the environment. And so we want to talk a lot about that too. So we're trying to marry the healing the earth, healing the body into one great food. You mentioned your marketing efforts in the regenerative space. And I, I think something that is really unique to Toodaloo and what stood out to us is your beautiful, beautiful bags. I mean, the name itself speaks volumes. And then you have these bags that are bright colored with amazing packaging and graphic elements. It's not what we typically see in the trail mix space. So we started thinking about the time when trail mix was recognized as like a really good food for you. And we thought a lot about like the 60s and 70s when, you know, you can kind of just picture people on on hiking trails with like their, you know, it's kind of a very retro-y kind of looking vibe and hiking gear. And so we were thinking a lot about that time and how like, you know, the word cosmic came up a lot. And so we were, we just started thinking about like envisioning, like taking a sort of a retro cosmic vibe to our food. I also think like amongst ourselves as a company, we talk a lot about like all the different healing modalities, like from crystals to burning sage to different movement practices. And it all just sort of started gelling into this world for us of like this toodaloo world, which is like nostalgic, but also fun. We also felt like we were, we were tackling climate change. And the thing that really like feels like hurts us, holds us back is it always feels very doom and gloomy. It feels like the end is near we've destroyed the planet and it still feels like there's a chance to do something positive. So we didn't want anything to feel dark and just like not fun and inspired. So we went for like nostalgic, fun, inspired, and, you know, we worked with an incredible firm and we wound up with like, I think the most perfect bag, perfect branding. It, it really is perfect. I think something that our listeners might enjoy is how you guys came to the name Toodaloo. It's one of my favorite stories. If you, if you could tell us this one again, I would love that. I'm curious which version of that story I told you. <laughs> I mean, I think we've, we kicked around a lot of names. Somebody just brought up this clip from the end of The Hangover. And, you know, he says Toodaloo. And we're like, yeah, Toodaloo. There's no more fun word to say, because I said it like 15 times after I heard it. And it just felt so right. Like, say goodbye. Just say goodbye to the old ways of snacking. Say goodbye to the way you used to think about trail mix. Say goodbye to what, you know, the way food's supposed to, you know, treat your body. Uh, and say hello to this new this new snack. So it totally fit. And we just had such a great laugh when we uh, came up with it. So I love the examples, like when we talk to founders that they give about, like, 
big decisions that they've kind of made for their brands where like they didn't need to overcomplicate or go through some like insights exploration with an agency. Like I think it seems like at big companies, these decisions are so calculated and pretty investment heavy. And it's awesome when you see these early stage founders really just taking bets based off of kind of intuition and like feel and and having them work out. So that's, I think, particularly why I love this story. I don't know about you, Rachel. It's just so simple and unique, but you you guys weren't trying to do more than you needed to. Like the brand stood for itself, the packaging stands for itself. And when you taste the product, it, it's a game changer. Yeah, I agree. I want to talk a little about flavor. I've I've been lucky to try every flavor between maple and chocolate and you know the barbecue version as well. And I'm a huge fan of all the flavors. I just think what's really awesome is the variety. There's so much differentiation between each flavor. You have sweet, you have savory, you have like tangy, spicy. It's just an amazing kind of flavor portfolio. Could you talk to our listeners just to educate them a bit on the base flavors that you've started off with, kind of how you landed on them. I know you mentioned that your your co-founder is kind of, you know, very good naturally at, you know, putting together some of these flavors in her own kitchen. Can you just talk to us about that process? Yeah, totally. I think you'll, your listeners will be like disappointed by how like little went into it. I, love <laughs> I mean, it. so much went into developing the flavors, but so so little of like calculated mythology. I think ultimately, like my background has been historically in technology and I come from like a lean startup sort of mindset where it's like, hey, let's just, let's do something quickly and then iterate on it. While at the same time, as we were working together as a team, like so much of it just rolled from fun. We were just enjoying the process and enjoying working together. So the chocolate, for example, so we have a chocolate and maple, we have a barbecue, we have a spicy Uh, And we have a coffee that I'm really excited about. The flavors really came like pie in the sky. We're like, well, people love chocolate. We should probably have a chocolate. Well, how can we make that more interesting? And Katie in her kitchen would like try a whole bunch of stuff and then send us stuff. And we'd try it and be like, oh, this is so good. Oh, this is so good. What if it was just a little bit saltier or whatever the little feedback notes would be? And then we started working with a manufacturer who just really took us up a a notch, you know, just was able to introduce us to even more ingredients and more access and more process. And so we really got into, we really started getting into like, how does it come together? How can we make these crumbles versus like just a straight bag of nuts? And then I think for some, we had goals. Like we, the barbecue one that you mentioned, it's really, first of all, it's one of my favorites. I would say that about all of them though. But what I think is really interesting about it is that it's got no fruit in it. So it's super low in sugar. And we're able to hit like seven grams of plant-based proteins per serving. So I think it's got like 42 grams of protein in, in each bag. And that was the goal. We were like, look, can we see if we can make something that's, you know, heavy on protein, low in carbs in a trail mix that's typically something that's just really sugar heavy. And we came up with this great flavor and it's so good. I mean, it has like a never ending scoop, like to the mouth kind of uh, nature to it. So that one was really fun. And then, you know, coffee, we were like, I've never seen coffee really in a snack. I've definitely never seen it in a trail mix. How can we pull that off? And we just started playing with it. We're like, how do we balance the bitter? Let's try something sweet. Let's try a date. And it just kept rolling from there. It was pretty organic. It's such a good flavor portfolio. I really enjoyed the coffee and the maple. And then the chocolate on top of that is just sensational. And just in terms of pipeline, I mean, you talked about 
being a company that heals people. And obviously that's extremely clear with all of the functional benefits that you have across the portfolio with, with adaptogens, with being high protein, being low sugar. Where would you potentially go next with the portfolio? Is there a day where you start healing people outside of trail mix? Is that something that's like a long-term thought for, for you guys as founders? Yeah, we, we often talk about how like we never really want to position ourselves as like uh, individually as like gurus that that would feel inauthentic, but ultimately we are exploring our own journey in healing and we want to share that story. And so content really comes to mind. Like, I think there's a lot we want to say and a lot that we want to explore and share. So I think that's like a, that's our natural, like sort of, I would even call it like a product in our, in our wheelhouse. It's something we're, we're investing in. In terms of additional snacks, that's also the future. So we've got one to two more flavors of trail mix we're working on now. And we'll see if we can keep rolling with those. But we also have some other product lines that we're, we're exploring too. All sort of staying, staying in that same kind of like, can we take something that existed that's no longer healthy? Can we make it super craveable, add function, and make sure the sourcing is just the highest quality? One quick question. Is there, is there something that you guys experienced that led you to adaptogens being this main like power horse? Or did you guys just find that when you were playing around with the culinary ingredients and making recipes that that kind of worked with mixing and the, the textures together? Or was there like a spark that one of you had? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, it was when exploring how do we bring function to foods, like there wasn't the, the options for all natural sort of like functional ingredients wasn't huge, right? Like it's either sort of like a supplement, which we didn't want to really go down, or we can add these like natural herbs and, and spices that we know are beneficial. So we liked going down that road. And then I think they were became fun as like an ingredient to play with. How does this change the flavor of things? How does this enhance the flavor of things? And so, I, you know, I think that's what we kind of circled around. I love what's happening with mushrooms in general. Like there's so much momentum from so many different angles. I mean, in terms of psychedelics, just gaining more both regulatory and just popular attraction amongst consumers. And then I don't think there's conclusive proof that like caffeine is from caffeine from a long-term perspective is necessarily bad for your health scientifically. But I think it's obvious that in terms of the lingering effects that you might feel on your sleep, there's something there. And in terms of just like jitteriness, comparatively to something that's more natural, like adaptogens and mushrooms, it seems like consumers are starting to look at it as something that might just be a better solution than caffeine and in a lot of cases for energy. And, and, you know, it's just, it's interesting to see where that kind of segment's going to be over the next few years, because so many startups are popping up right now, really focused on the power of adaptogen. So I think it's exciting time to be entering the space. Totally. It's super fun to watch. I, I really love the mushroom forward brands. I feel like there's a lot going on with different teas and different drinks. And I mean, I think so much is being reinvented now that you can go straight direct to a consumer that it becomes a lot simpler to create new products and launch them. So you're seeing a lot more consumer driven product creation than you used to. You know, it used to be sort of like science lab created product development. And we don't have to live in that world anymore. Totally. I did a lot to like advance that. Yep. Yeah. It's really exciting. So we love to do a rapid fire. So we're going to throw some questions at you and 
just whatever first comes to mind to hit us with. Your favorite nut. Cashew. Favorite adaptogen. Maca. Your superpower as a CEO. Empathy. Your guilty pleasure. Oh man, chocolate. Biggest fear. Biggest fear. I don't like kids came to mind. I'm just <laughs> don't let down the kids. <laughs> and a dream destination that you've had in the pandemic. Oh, anywhere that's not my office. <laughs> I'm just traveling so much. Fair okay. Enough. So we like to ask all of our guests what it means to them to subscribe to wellness. We're all looking to make healthier choices in our lives, obviously on a day-to-day basis, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do to subscribe to wellness? I think ultimately, you know, everybody's on their own journey and they're going to find the things that work for them. And I love the exploration that we get to do as humans. You know, I found, you know, different foods treat me differently, different movements treat me differently. But ultimately what I've been thinking a lot about is not just balancing how everything makes me feel, but also how does that impact my climate? So that's been the latest thing is like, how does my wellness, what, at what costs does it come with and how can I balance that out? Yeah. We're always all looking for that secret sauce, that balance, you know, at what point do we stop doing this so that we can get better sleep or, you know, trying to do it all. So it's always so hard. Where can our listeners learn more about Toodaloo? Toodaloo.com. Greatest website that I've mentioned today. <laughs> I'd also mention the Instagram is, is awesome as well. I've been talking a bit, engaging with the Instagram owner, whoever that mystery person is. And, and that person is awesome. And the content that we've seen is also quite exciting. So. Oh man, that's so great to hear. Yeah. We've, you know, when we launched, we really were like, we're going to be we really think everybody just lives on Instagram at this point, maybe a couple other social channels, but we want it to be an Instagram first brand and, you know, really just put out the weirdness with our Instagram, be both educational and thought provoking, but also, show our product and fun packaging. So yeah, we've put a lot of thought into it. Agreed. Agreed. I think Instagram and, and TikTok as Gen Z's kind of become more important are definitely the two channels. Awesome sitting down with you today, Philippe. We really, really appreciate it. We're huge fans of Toodaloo. Cannot wait to see where this brand goes. We already know that retailers are all over you and, and you know, you guys are obviously growing the brand responsibly, but can't wait to see where this goes next. Thank you guys. Really appreciate the time and conversation. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order some Toodaloo, use a promo code by going to toodaloo.com slash sub to Toodaloo. Again, that's toodaloo.com slash sub to Toodaloo. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of the week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.